takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace and Millard out at T-Mobile Arena getting you set for Vegas and L.A. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Going for another sweep. Should make a song about that because it's, it's it's just happening so often right now. Like we, the chorus would be just playing over and over and over in your head, going for another sweep as the Golden Knights uh, try to take down the Los Angeles Kings and put together another three-game winning streak. And it's all happening around this chase for first place. But against L.A. in particular, this uh, this rival from year number one and all that was said during that great playoff series, the low-scoring Incredible performance by Marc-Andre Fleury. They used to be a thorn in the side of the Golden Knights to the point that, that Vegas lost three of four to L.A. just a year ago. Not the case right now. Five wins in six tries if the Golden Knights can brush aside the team from Southern California tonight. So I, I look at this game and... It matters to both teams. The two points are important to Vegas. They're important to L.A. It's varying degrees. I'm fully aware of that. But I I just like watching these two teams play because for the Kings, they want to beat Vegas. Like That's one thing that even from day one, year one, the L.A. Kings have always wanted to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. It didn't always work out for them, but last year – I think L.A. took a lot of pride in their ability to play Vegas tough and beat Vegas. It hasn't gone their way so far this year. I'm very curious to see what the L.A. Kings bring to the table tonight. You know what's interesting about the the Kings' approach to facing the Vegas Golden Knights when I look at that side of it? Hmm. like You've got five guys who are on top of the mountain who are still with L.A. Yep. And I wonder if they ever skate out on the ice, look down the ice and go, that that used to be us. Now, the first time LA won the cup, they were they were st- they weren't even on top of the mountain. They were middle of the pack, an oh. eight seed, and came through and, and got hot at the right time or or found their game at the right time. It became the team that that, that management Dean Lombardi at the time and uh, Daryl Sutter who took over uh, thought they would be. But in twenty fourteen much more of a of a dominating club in the Western Conference. And I just, I wonder in the back of the minds of uh, Jonathan Quick when he's going through a warm-up, or Drew Doughty, or Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Anzi Kopitar, if they look over and go, man, those, I remember being that, that good. Because when, when you go through different periods of uh, a team's uh, generation, Mm-hmm. So five years here, four years, and it's not. We're not. I'm not talking decades long, but but different highs and lows. Whether it's the rebuild or, or the the top, I've always I've always looked at teams like uh, whether it be Tampa Bay or Edmonton back in the day or Pittsburgh, 
and went, what, how does that team do it every night that they're the best team in the national, like Washington a few years ago? How are you that good that you win seven games out of ten? Seven out of every ten games you win. How is that possible? And this year I wake up every day and go, it's possible. Yeah. And this is how you do it, the way the Golden Knights do it. Well, it, I think a lot of it has to do with, with the different ways in which the Golden Knights have been able to win this, this season. And, and again, like when you're talking about being able to win three out of every four games or seven out of every ten games, you aren't always going to have your best game. You're not always going to have your best stuff. And yet the Golden Knights, even in those instances, have been able to dig deep and find different ways to win. And I think that that shouldn't be something – that that you focus too much on in a negative light. I think that's something that's positive to bring out of how how the Golden Knights have gotten it done this year. Sometimes it's been Mark Stone having a Herculean performance. Sometimes it's Mark Andre Fleury standing on his head, or Robin Leonard coming up with a huge save in a key moment, or sometimes it's just simply getting a goal from Ryan Reeves or Will Carrier or Tomas Nosek to get you through those those periods. But the Golden Knights have been able to do it in so many different ways, and that is the key key to me for them to be where they're at so far this season. LA has been involved in 16 one-goal games. They've won four of them. They have points in 10, but they've won four of them. Yeah. Now compare that points percentage or that swing to the Golden Knights who have been involved in 17 one-goal games. Yeah have won 12 and have points in 13. There is the difference yeah. between a team, and it's a big difference, not mm-hmm. the only one, yep. but a big difference between fighting for playoff inclusion and being relevant in the division to challenging for first place. And another banner up here that goes to the President's Trophy winners and home ice advantage through to the Stanley Cup final. One goal games. Is that finding ways to win? Yes. Is that composure in protecting a lead? Yep. Yes. There's a lot that goes in. Great goaltending and timely saves? Yes. And being great in overtime. 6-0 and in 3-on-3. Three three. The only point that they've lost in when it goes to uh, beyond the 60 minutes is, is a shootout loss to the to the St. Louis Blues. But 12-4-1? Are you kidding me? In one goal games? And it's it's also about not really paying much attention in terms of what the score is in a game. Like we've seen the Golden Knights come come back from two goals down, three goals down in the third period. Like you have to have that belief, no matter what the score is, that you can figure out a way to come back. And we've seen that from Vegas too. It's it's a resiliency that I haven't really seen with this team. It, it, I don't know since since ever really, and, and, and it's a resiliency that can can vanish year to year. Sure, like and one 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 season you've got it. the Calgary Flames went through it a couple of years ago. Yeah, where they just it didn't matter what the score was in the third period, they were going to make a game of it, and it was really good chance unless they were playing at the Honda Center where they lost like thirty two straight games uh, in in Anaheim. That many? They were they, yeah, it was ridiculous the <laughs> run that uh, that they went right right up there with Pittsburgh in Philadelphia. Uh, during the the 90s uh, and and the 80s, but the it can vanish year to year. They're in that magical yeah. slot right now, when there's a belief that they can come back. And and part of that is 
because they're so much better than everybody else. Yeah. Don't kid yourself. Talent. It's, it's, it's not just resiliency. It's they're better than everybody else. It, there's something to be said for talent. There is something to be said for a team that when you look at them top to bottom, don't they don't really have many holes, right? Like there isn't a whole lot that you would change about the Golden Knights right now. Uh, I, I mean, we can kind of point at times to the power play, but beyond that, like there really isn't much, right? And so you have to have the talent, you have to have the pieces, but you have to have the belief that you can do it, and you can only have that belief if you've proven to do it time and time again, and they have. So what do you think is the most important contributor to that belief? Well, I, I think it's probably leadership. Like, I think it's Mark Stone. And, and I'll, I'll go out and, and on a limb here and say that, that if you look at Mark Stone and you look at the season that he's having and you look at those, those key moments in games in which uh, the Golden Knights really haven't had it, thinking specifically to the five-assist performance against Minnesota, a huge catalyst in those moments. And I just think that there's a never quit attitude at Mark Stone and the way that he plays the game on the defensive side he's he there's a desperation to the way that he plays and I, I think that that kind of leads the charge there do you think it's infectious do you think other players have picked up on it I, I do because I, I think that a lot of what we're seeing from Alex Tuck in terms of where his defensive game is right now is because of his ability to watch Mark Stone and see what type of of what type of impact that type of play has on the on the game? I'd like to see more of it from Alex Tuck. I was thinking Max Pacioretty has has really captured the the emotion of Mark Stone and used it in his game. And Chandler Stevenson, uh, so has been able to channel it. I, I see it out of William Carlson. There's there's signs of it in Alex Tuck's game. There's there's better strides in Alex Tuck's game than a year ago. Yeah. And if he continues to build on what we've seen, then there's huge things coming for Alex Tuck. But I'd still like to see more emotion and fire in Alex Tuck's game. Just if for no other reason than to see what it would look like. You know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I, 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 you know, it's interesting because we, we kind of, we get into this mindset of comparing this year, last year, trying to figure mm-hmm. out where the players are adding those dimensions, those wrinkles to their game. And when, when it comes to looking at talk, engaged is the word that I would use. Yes. Constantly engaged in the game. Even, I think it's the word that the coach would use too. Ryan. Even if he's not producing, even if the points aren't going mm-hmm. up like they were earlier on in the season, there are still pockets in the game where Alex Tuck is impacting, whether it be defensively, whether it be on the rush, whether it be just trying to go out and dominate a shift. The engagement from Alex Tuck, I think, is a direct, uh, a direct correlation with Mark Stone, the captaincy, this team being fully his. So you see more engagement more of a presence in Alex Tuck on nights that he's not producing yeah do you see that I do yeah I think we've seen a little bit of it lately and 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 listen I'm not saying that you know a 10 game stretch or whatever the case may be 
is enough. You need to see that night in and night out. And That's, it's not going to be all 10 games in a stretch either. No, 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 not, not at all. Especially this year. But I think what we've seen out of him so far has been fairly consistent with what we saw out of him in the bubble, and it's bled into this season. He's really, in my opinion, taken that layer and added it to his game. Better. I, I'm, I'm not as on board as, as you are, but I'm encouraged. Because if it was, if it was where you see him, mm-hmm. I think that third line would be less of a question mark less than two weeks from the trade deadline. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we've still got a couple of queries out there about whether or not the people on that third line are going to be the right right people at the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is that is that a product of Alex Tuck not not getting to the level he needs to, or is that a product of the players and, and really the carousel that has been that line, those players not getting to or matching that level of play that you're seeing out of Alex Tuck night in and night out? Because all that's gone right for that third line this year has been predominantly because of Alex mm-hmm. Tuck and how good he's been and how impactful he has been, even if he's had to do it all himself. High tide floats all boats. He's the tide. Sure. He's the tide on the third line. Now, can you can you put it all on him? Not fair. Sure. At all. Yep. But the potential that he has in those bones, those feet, those hands, the level that we all see that he can get to, that he's shown us in the bubble in stretches, that he's shown us to be tied with Max Pacioretty for goals for a long time this year, is there that Alex Tuck can carry a line. Well, he has. He, he has this year. At, at times. But are, are we not back into a place now where we're wondering whether we're going to get the great third line or do we, do the Golden Knights, is that the one area where they need to tweak and, and angle? No, he's had a good season. Sure. He's had a really good season. But he was having a great season. And he was answering a lot of questions. We need to get, I think we need to see more of that. And splitting hairs, yes. Yeah. Nitpicking, a little bit. Sure. But that's that's a part. And if you can't add, if you aren't able to add, because they've done so much in other places, and the salary cap, you know what you need? Is Alex Tuck to be great. And then that takes care of a lot of questions. So then, how, do you think I'm being, being unfair? I, is, I, I is, mean, uh, I mean, I do. Expectations like when, when too you, high. When you look at the fact that he, you know, the expectation tonight is that he's going to play with Keegan Colasar and Nick Waugh. That's two goals. Like that's two goals, right? That you're getting from those two players. And and when you look at what Tuck has been able to do this season, I'm not not absolving Colasar or no, no, no. or or Waugh. Absolutely. And and I I would argue that some of Alex Tuck's most noticeable games have been when he's been on a line with Nick Waugh. I think those two mm-hmm. players have a lot of chemistry, and I think they can build on something. But I think there needs to be some consistency there. 
Like, we, we need to see Tuck with Wah and that be kind of the setup for a little bit to develop that. And, you know, again, I, I have a hard time looking at the numbers that, that Tuck is putting up this year and then looking at the rest of the numbers for the bottom six and saying that he hasn't dominated because the only reason that the Golden Knights' depth scoring looks as good as it does is because of Alex Tuck. Right. And, and, but but and, the fourth, and line, fourth line's come along lately, but was quiet for a long time. And the top six performance and the wins took the pressure off that. It's the fourth line. They, they shouldn't have to. It'd be nice if they did. But when you play in the third line, you, you don't have that gap there of, of patience. You need more. It's the reason why Cody Glass is playing in Tucson tonight and not a T-Mobile arena. It's the reason why Nick Waugh was out of the lineup and is now back in the lineup. It's a reason why Tomasz Nosek was up centering that line mm-hmm. because there's expectations from a third line to produce a lot more than your fourth line. It's not bottom six anymore in the National Hockey League. Top nine. That's it. Okay. And you have to be that third line, like it or not, has to be closer in production to the second line than it is to the fourth line. So, But, but that's my argument, that, that you've got a guy in Alex Tuck who right now sits sixth, sixth in scoring on this team. Like, he's done his job. It, it's like how much more are you looking for Tuck to do to bring it out of Nick Waugh and Cody Glass and Keegan Colasar. Like, I, I look at the numbers for Tuck. I, I don't know what more your the expectation is he for has him. One goal, one goal in his last eleven games. It's a, yes, hasn't scored Cons- seven. Consistency has been an issue over this stretch. But again, I, I do think that beyond just the production, there are other contributions he's making on the ice. I've I've noticed him more defensively. I've noticed him making plays, and I've noticed that. You know, you need a player like that that tries to go out, tries to make something happen on a shift. It's not going in. Hey, I, I would have taken this Alex Tuck last year in a heartbeat. Yeah. That that's how that's how much better he is than he was a year ago when he struggled through the injuries and and found finding his place in the lineup and his confidence. He's made huge strides. But the Alex Tuck that I saw for the first twenty six games of the season. I need to see a lot more of than I've witnessed over the last seven, where where he where he hasn't scored a goal. That that's that's and that's a product of of his own performance. It's a product of his line mates in the other direction, but it's also it's it's reality. You need a little bit more. And hey, trust me, Riley Smith, mm-hmm. who arguably does as much as anybody. If there's a player on this team along with Mark Stone, yep. that you could say five games without a goal, he still helped us. It's Riley Smith. And we were still, the other night before he broke out of his slump, saying, to the point now where it's on the edge, we start needing need some production out of, out of Riley Smith. And he is one of the top two-way players and most appreciated by other players people around the National Hockey League, scouts, coaches. I, I had a conversation with Darren Pang 
right here the other day. I was on the phone before the St. Louis game. Yep. His comment to me is there is there a more underappreciated, valuable player in the league than Riley Smith? That's how good a game he has. Even he has to start scoring, sure. and he did the other night. So, Tuck, it's you, you may think that I'm being unfair mm-hmm. or re- expectations are unrealistic. It's just part of being a Stanley Cup contender where your top player on your line needs to score more than he, than he did. It's, it's not about great first half equals an okay second half. Mm-hmm. You need to be great and really good. So, seven games before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. In order to answer some of those queries that, that, that you have, undoubtedly, everyone has, uh, surrounding the Golden Knights and the third line, what we're going to see, what that's going to look like come playoff time, what do you need to see from Alex Tuck to kind of answer that? I think that the the reason they made the roster adjustment yesterday yeah. in putting Cody Glass with the Henderson Silver Knights is, is part and parcel to get Cody Glass going, give him an opportunity to get some confidence. But but the impact on the Golden Knights is some consistency that you mentioned with the in and out and shuffling of the lines. They're set up for a run here tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, going to next week with Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar, and Alex Tuck as your third line. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it works. Yeah. See if they find something. Give them a chance, four or five game run, to find out what you really have. We've seen sparks of Nick Waugh. Hasn't scored as much mm-hmm. this year where he wet our appetite a year ago. Keaton Colasar has been snake bit. He broke through. He scored. Can he elevate that? And Alex Tuck playing with the same people every night. Can he get back to where he was? Cody Glass isn't here. There's no pressure to mix it in. Third line stable. Does that stability lead to production? And if it doesn't, then on trade deadline day, you make a move. What do you do? Like, I I mean, last last year they got Nick Cousins. Is it is it that type of move? Nick Cousins played on the third line a lot last year. Well, it, he, he, in fact, he, he played up it, in the lineup. It was fascinating to me when we, we talked about Cody Glass yesterday with Justin Emerson. You brought up the, the points um, about the trade deadline. Like, best case Is scenario. that before or after Emerson insulted the city of Tucson? Uh, he did that at the end, so it was okay. before. And he, 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 also, got re- he got a real kick out of it because he was tweeting about it after. Yeah, he also spelled your name wrong, which was fantastic. With two R's? Yeah, two R's. Yeah. Doug McLean, who, uh-huh. who I'm neighbors with in the summer, yep. who I've known for 20 years, mm-hmm. who I worked with side-by-side side for 16, yep. tweeted multiple times yesterday with double R's. It's like, You don't have to pretend I'm, like it doesn't I'm, bother you. We all know I'm, it does. I'm over it. Okay. I, I, it, does, it, does it hurt me? Yes. When people who I've known for a long time can't spell my name right? A little bit. But I also know Doug doesn't give a crap. And Justin <laughs> is just ignorant of my spelling. Wow, there it is. Well, he just doesn't know. Well, I pointed he it out. He doesn't know. I pointed it out. Oh, did you? I haven't had yeah. a chance. I was in a big meeting, a lunch meeting today. I, to- I I pointed it out yesterday. I'm like, hey, you spelled Darren's name wrong. That's fantastic. Do it more. <laughs> Do it often. 
That's all I want. Okay, what was uh, what was Emerson saying yesterday? No, no, no. I si- was, got it, you sidetracked. It, yeah, it was it was just bringing up the 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 idea of you get an opportunity at the NHL level right now to kind of have a little bit of, of leeway with that third line, see mm-hmm. what you have in Nick Waugh and, and, and Alex Tuck and Keegan Colzar. And then you have the opportunity to allow Cody Glass to go down to the AHL. And if he dominates, if he brings that level up, then if you don't see what you like or you're not getting what you need out of your third line, you have the ability to bring Cody Glass back into the fold and maybe that's the spark that's needed. I'm really fascinated about this team and the trade deadline because we know where the cap is. We know what they're up against in terms of trying to make moves. And I'm just so very curious about the third line, about the makeup of of that line for this team and what it's going to look like beyond the trade deadline. I can tell you this. The trade deadline this year is so drastically different than it was a year ago on a couple of different fronts, one being goaltending. I look back. They picked up Robin Leonard for some guy I've never heard of and Malcolm Subban and a fifth-round pick. So Subban wasn't... It was an advantage to trade Subban because you get rid of the salary, the contract. <laughs> yep. So that's a that's a benefit. So it really kind of costs you uh, a fifth round pick for Robin Leonard. Do you know Do you know how valuable Robin Leonard would be on the trade deadline market right now today? When you're looking at Colorado, mm-hmm. when you're looking at Toronto with big questions, when uh, you're, you're examining. Uh, a team like Washington, where there's, like, do we need to backfill here? What do we need to do? There's, there's a few different groups. Edmonton. I'm uh, always going to argue Carolina. So, well, Carolina has too many goal days. Like they're they're going to benefit from this. Mm, no, they need. No, I I believe they need a better goaltender. If if they want to if they want to go on a run and they want to win the Stanley Cup, I think they need something more than what they have. So I like. Doing that deal last year, I don't know if it's, I mean, it was last year, it was last year, but a fifth-round pick last year mm-hmm. would be a second or a first for Robin Leonard yeah, right now. Likely, yeah. Huge. And, the, and, and you got that for, what a, what a bargain. So what what do they do this year? I don't, I, I, would, ex, I would expect a pivot, a center iceman, but that's, or somebody with some versatility in there. Like like the Nick Cousins trade from from a year ago, somebody in that that market with a with an, ex, with an expiring contract. You're, you're not unless it's money in money out. You're not taking anybody with term. Hey, uh, we have uh, some speculation about Alex Petrangelo. We'll get to that in just a little bit. And last night, Connor McDavid did something that all star players eventually do. They get fed up, and they maybe go a little snapzilla. Connor McDavid crosses the line. We'll get into that as we continue on the VGK Insider Show live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Did you tweet that picture of me in the castle? Heck yeah, I did. Is nothing sacred with you? What are you talking about? Nothing sacred. You knew exactly what I was going to do. You just liked the picture. What are you talking about? I huh. have to say, you're a cool cat here. Wow. Like, don't don't feign 
that you're angry at me and then like the picture. That's a little ridiculous. You should have waited until after this was done to like the picture. I'm, I'm I do like the picture. I look it's, good. No, I, I mean, the style's on point. You were talking about how you wanted to climb into the castle and storm the castle on wow. Monday. Well, clearly, I walk in. You're sitting in the throne. The Golden Knight's going to have some beef with you. I, I don't know if I want to be around you when the Golden Knight oh, gets here. Oh, I can here. take that guy. Oh, okay. That's fine. Come on. I don't From know, man. He, he looks you, tough. You, you shouldn't be, you know, breaking down the mystique of the Golden Knight. Like, this this guy takes on medieval emperors, like, flies out of, like, jumps out of helicopters. Like, there's a lot of stuff that the Golden Knight does. Mm. Rides on horses. Plus, he's English, so he's hardcore, Darren. I, I don't think you stand a chance against that guy. Set it up. Book it. Oh, Just I don't. be another one that I take down. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, getting set for the Golden Knights against the L.A. Kings pregame show at 6 o'clock on the VGK Radio Network with Ryan. And this is uh, another one where you're looking around the league. How many of these can you pile up? The record against the bottom four in the West Division is off the charts. You, you There's taking advantage of of teams and winning games that you should win and then there's just rolling through it and that's that's what the golden knights have done like it's it's like you're getting five combines together and you're just taking up a quarter section in 10 minutes i do a lot of agriculture analogies i didn't i didn't get that one (laughs) you wear a flannel shirt you're a farmer yep you know what a section is? I mean, I, 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 listen, my my wife is kind of the mastermind when it comes to all the farm stuff. I just shovel the compost into the rows. That's all You're I do. You're a hired hand. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Like, I know there's chickens. Like, I can I can identify a chicken. I, I know mm-hmm. goats. Um, and I, I, I'm the one that shovels. Before we get into uh, the hockey stuff, if, uh, so how many, you have goats, you have chickens. Yep. You have ducks. Ducks. And what else do you have? Uh, we've got we've got a rabbit. Okay, a rabbit. So so mm-hmm. we have four people on the show right now: Ryan, Jeff, Chapman, and Mallard. Give everybody an animal. <laughs> I get to be the duck. Well, that uh, was no. obvious. No, no. I, okay, so give everybody the, the, a title uh, via animal. All right. So um, what about can I be the goat? No, well, you you, you want to be a duck and a goat? Like well, what? I was, th- I was you, thinking. Do like, you want me to? Do you want me to assign animals to anybody else, or just you? Just give them. Give them all. Never mind. Like okay, so the goats are interesting and probably my favorite animals. So and they work really hard. Mm, that's got Jeff. So that's Jeff. Yeah. Um, my favorite animal. Uh, the ducks are perfectly. You, and you never hear from Jeff, but he's our uh, yeah. our. Like brains behind and muscle behind the scenes here turns all the turning all the dials yeah, yeah. Um, Chapman is the rabbit because the rabbit does um, as minimal reproduces and as, for no reason yeah like just you know minimal effort um, as as much as possible hey wait a minute I don't know if you saw but there were some rabbits that dug up some like really ancient like tools in someone's uh-huh. garden yeah rabbits are pretty damn cool yeah plus, you know plus you Easter's know, coming up this weekend so it's it's their holiday I didn't say bunny I said rabbit. And, um, and, and and Easter's like the bunnies don't have nothing to do with the holiday. I and, understand that, and but beyond that, Chapman, uh, yeah, rabbits, 
ruin gardens. <laughs> so there's another layer to the metaphor. I don't care. Um, and then, Darren, like, you can be a duck, you can be a chicken. It doesn't really matter. Like, you're just kind of there. It's fair. What are you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm not an ant. I'm, I'm nothing. I don't know. You're I'm the just, guy that has to I'm pick just up the, after us. I'm just the guy that shovels the compost <laughs> That's into you. the roads. You're picking up after That's us. That's all I do. Uh, will the Golden Knights get a return of Alex Petrangelo tonight? Well, he did take part in uh, the morning skate today, full participant. Uh, I, I'm i thinking yes. Now, uh, you know, Pete DeBoer did talk about his health and, and that from a health perspective, Alex Petrangelo is, is close, should be able to go. There's LTIR, the 24-day um, right, right, right. All the all the paperwork that that goes into LTIR. I'm I'm fairly positive that this is a game in which Alex Petrangelo is eligible to play, um, but I guess we'll find out when warm-ups start. I'm going to look on cap friendly. Are you? Just to see because they they are all over it with the roster moves and how things uh, are juggled around. I'm just curious to see whether he's been officially activated uh, on the uh, on the blue line. As it stands right he's now, not. he is not active. No. But that doesn't That can that change can. before the game. So, it'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, obviously I'm if Petrangelo does play today, I'm excited to see Petrangelo back in the lineup with Braden McNabb and where the Golden Knights are in terms of their defense and and where Alex Petrangelo was when he got hurt and where his game was going. I want to see this team fully healthy for as many games as possible before the trade deadline. Getting Petrangelo back in the lineup today would be fantastic. I don't know what the injury was. I have a strong suspicion of what the injury was. Yeah. Considering you took the puck to, to the arm to yep. an extremity, uh, what what does that mean to him being able to jump right back into the lineup and play? Well, it means that he would have had no issue uh, when it came to uh, being in, in shape, hockey hockey shape, uh, being able to have a level of fitness. Uh, it's not like you're working through a broken ankle or a broken foot or anything along that line. Uh, this was uh, somewhere in his arm. Uh, let's, is that fair? Yeah. Uh, that uh, that you can see. So I I think uh, being able to get out there and skate for the last couple of weeks would have, would have been easy for him. Would have been able to do that uh, quite uh, quite uh, often. So uh, I think even jumping in on a back-to-back scenario because they play the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night uh, here at T-Mobile Arena, uh, I, I wouldn't think that that would be something that, that held you back. Well, he's also like... You know, when we look at Alex Petrangelo, we watch him play and the way that he skates. Like, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the the fitness level. I'm not concerned about his conditioning. I, I just, and, and I'm really not concerned with Alex Petrangelo the player. I just want to see him in the lineup, right? Like, I just want to see Alex Petrangelo get those games under his belt and get back to the level that he was playing at before the injury. Missed 15 games this year. Yes played in 18 so when you asked me the the question about the trade deadline yep this is sort of working a guy in mm-hmm. now it's uh it's a, a little bit more uh, involved than that because he, he has played more than more than half the games but uh, this is a this is a nice nice return 
in the window of, of the trade deadline that the Golden Knights are going to have all of their their players back. And they have not played, I think, since game seven, <laughs> where they've they've been missing a piece here or a piece there. Stone missed a game. Pacioretty's missed a couple of games. Stevenson's missed a game. Theodore's missed some games. Petrangelo's missed 15 games. There's... Uh, there's been players in and out of the lineup. Robin Leonard missed a bunch uh, of games. You're you're knocking on the door right now of having your season opening lineup available to you if you want it. The Cody Glass has been assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights, but that's of your of your own doing. That's uh, it, it, from a physical standpoint. Going into the chaos that April is, mm -hmm. yeah, pretty good spot. Well, it, it's, it just kind of goes to show you, again, like when we look at the Golden Knights and their record and we look at what they've been able to accomplish this season and then you take into account that there's been a piece missing for the majority of the year and it's been different and it's been, it's been kind of up and, and rotating through the lineup and yet they have not skipped a beat. Mm -hmm. That goes to show you how good this team is, how they're able to kind of fill those voids and then it, it, it leaves you salivating at how good they can be at full strength. And you also saw the roster transaction Nick Holden placed on waivers yes. uh, because he played 10 games since the last time he was placed on waivers. So yep. that's why he has to go through that process again. Uh, he clears you. You have the option of uh, parking some of that salary and and using it uh, for Alex Petrangelo. So there's there's uh, some, some salary cap maneuvering that does take place. Uh, to get ahead of the the point where you can activate Alex Petrangelo. The, tell you what, though, the Dylan Coughlin experience mm -hmm. since he's been up yep. takes care of a lot of things when you are approaching the trade deadline of whether or not you think you have to add another experienced piece. His performance, I've, in, in my mind, says you've got the group. With with Nick Holden being the veteran guy mm -hmm. and Dylan Coglin being a young guy that you can you can put in and put in power play and special team situations, uh, I think through injury you've discovered a lot about your blue line. I agree, one hundred percent. I I with Petrangelo back in the fold, and you've got extras in Dylan Coglin and Nick Holden. I I, I see no reason. To look at that defense core with what we've seen out of Coglin, with what we get when we see Nick Holden, I don't think there's a hole there. Like I think they have the pieces that they need on the back end. I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, I was doing the uh, uh, podcast interview today, and they asked me about the most impressive part about the Golden Knights this year. Mm -hmm. Mark Andre Fleury, sure, uh, biggest biggest surprise and most impressive. I think those go hand-in-hand hand from a 36-year-old who's done what he's done. Uh, Mark Stone, very, very impressive. Yep. But I went and took it to the three kids. White Cloud played his 50th game in the National Hockey League the other night. Mm -hmm. Nick Hag and Dylan Coughlin. The emergence of those three blue liners has been the best, best surprise from a growth standpoint on the Golden Knights. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, again, I, I think that they've they've been given these opportunities and they've ran with them. They've, they've taken them for everything that they were. And, you know, when, when you look at Zach Whitecloud and just kind of 
the the transition that he's made from from a guy that that looked like he was going to make the team out of camp last year and then goes through a little bit of, of, of some injury issues mm-hmm. comes back and and with where he is right now he is a key cog in this machine Nick Haig has really taken his game to to new levels this year and I've liked a lot of what I see out of Dylan Coughlin. I like his shot. I like the fact that that he is is not looked out of place at all. And I just start to think about as as we look at, at those three guys and what they'll be able to do over the course of the next two three years. It's going to be very good if if what we see right now is is them just kind of scratching the surface. It's going to be very good. And I think you'll be able to do some uh, some work with them load management side mm-hmm. with Coughlin and with. Uh, Holden uh, around the team. You'll be able to, and and, and and the Henderson Silver Knights have an have like a, an NHL knocking on the door. Back in there's a couple of NHL teams that that you can compare the Henderson Silver Knights. I still I'm not going to be one of those people who go Henderson's so good they could beat one of the worst in, in the National Hockey League. That that's unfair to National Hockey League mm-hmm. players and mm-hmm. National Hockey League uh, coaches. Yep. But there's there's a couple of guys on that Henderson team. That could play in the National Hockey League on the on the on bl- uh, various blue lines, so there's there's a lot of that there. It's been it's been a lot of fun to uh, to watch the growth of Coglin, Haig, and Zach Whitecloud. Fifty games in the National Hockey League for Zach Whitecloud. When we continue, good news of the day, and there's uh, an interesting take uh, from one. Ryan Wallace on the good news of the day, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, and we will get into the Connor McDavid snapzilla performance last night against the Montreal Canadiens. It's the VGK Insider Show looking ahead to the Los Angeles Kings and the Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And You know what? I know Darren doesn't want me to. Darren says it's an interesting take, but I mean, listen. You're trolling. When so, I'm not trolling. You're so trolling. I'm. I'm just happy for a guy. Not allowed to be happy for a guy who gets a, a contract extension. Seriously. T R O L L. There's. There's no trolling. What are you? What are you talking about? Tell him your good news. Okay. Good news of the day. Congratulations to Thatcher Demko. Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman reporting that Demko and the Canucks have agreed to terms on a five-year, $25 million contract extension. Uh, the Golden Knights' favorite backup goalie has emerged this season as a, as a steady as-they-come starter for the Canucks. The math isn't there for Vancouver. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but it's not because Demko hasn't been fantastic. 9.17 save percentage, 2.77 goals against average. Thatcher Demko, new contract, congratulations, and and the Golden Knights don't have to play Thatcher Demko. They don't have to play against him. Until the contract kicks in. Yeah, but I mean Next year. you know you know how, how those things go with a contract. Like first season's not exactly the best, and then it kind of goes up from there. Thatcher's team is 16, 18, and 3. Yes. Numbers are numbers when you listen to the radio. It's like I can't really absorb them. Mm-hmm. But Ke- Vancouver plays Calgary tonight. The exact same records. 
half of Vancouver's team in the bubble now plays for Calgary. <laughs> Vancouver has managed to somewhat withstand, I guess, those losses mm-hmm. and still have the same record as the Flames who were perceived to be improving themselves. Right. Do you look at the two seasons as they get set to play tonight, Calgary and Vancouver, any differently? Calgary's fired its coach, made changes. Vancouver's just kind of gone merrily along. Not merrily. There's been unrest, <laughs> but nobody's been fired. Who, who, who Has one team had a better season in your eye than the other, or are they both mediocre? Uh, I mean, I think they're both mediocre. I, I think they're they're both kind of in a, in a spot where I don't, I don't believe they expected to be at the beginning of the year. Like, yes, Vancouver, over the course of the offseason, you make the argument, and I would, that they, they're they not as good as they were last year. But I think it's more of a disaster for the Calgary Flames because, as you mentioned, they made all these moves in the offseason to improve their team, to get better, to take the next step. And it hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen. So five years, $25 million for Thatcher Demko. Yep. Yep. Now you see why they let Jacob Markstrom go. Mm-hmm. The six years, six years, uh, six years, $36 million. Can't, have, can't be paying both guys. No. You could. I mean, Vegas has $12 million in, in goaltending. Yep. But for two more years, mm-hmm. this year, next year. Yeah. Did, did did they make do you like that decision? I I mean in, in in letting Markstrom go to lock up Demko. Yeah, I I I would argue that, you know, you've got a younger option in Demko who if you believe in and clearly the Canucks believe in him and his ability, then yeah, absolutely. I I think that you you know, you look at Jacob Markstrom and you look at what he did last year and you say go out and get paid. Go do you, but we've got the next guy already with the organization in Demko, and let's commit to him. I, I don't I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. Six years younger. Yeah, I'll Thatcher take that. Demko. I'll take that. That doesn't have the body of work as Markstrom. Sure, but, but Markstrom was a late bloomer too. It, it it's it's all about how you feel about the goaltender internally, right? Like mm-hmm. if you if you think Thatcher Demko is going to develop and continue to grow. Well, in that case, they just took the cheapest cheapest way out. They, they weren't going to pay Jacob Markstrom. That, that's what that came down to. Sure, that's fine. I also think that Thatcher Demko is a pretty good goalie, and he'll be a good goalie. And There's a risk letting Markstrom go, running Brayton Holpe, mm-hmm. uh, but putting, uh, putting some faith in Demko. You didn't know whether he was going to bounce. I took a massive step. He was amazing in the bubble, but... As, oh. as, as we mentioned, that you trolled yeah. everybody. No, out. I didn't troll everybody. I didn't even bring up the bubble. You did. Good news of the day brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit since 1951. Less trolling, more information, and more analysis of the Golden Knights against the L.A. Kings, plus one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League, uh, working our way towards the trade deadline. We have also a news on tomorrow's show. want to tell everybody we will be on the air one hour later. Five until seven is the entire 5 until 6.30 is the VGK Insider Show, and then 6.30 to 7.30 is the pregame show. So just bump back your clock. Not actually bump back your clock, but uh, just bump back your 
your rhythm of your what you're going to do tomorrow to 5 o'clock to 6.30 for the VGK Insider Show. Coming up in hour number two of this award-winning program, we are going to chat about the Golden Knights and the return of Alex Petrangelo, what that means to the lineup, and trying to sweep the LA Kings. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas.